Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and 12-year-olds who are really into wolves. I'm Alicia Herner. Ah, ooh, and I'm Tara Keck. That was beautiful. Thank you. On today's episode, Auras, Witches in the News, and a cute offering for Ostara. Ostara? Austria? Ostrich? It's another holidays, guys. I'm sorry. Y'all, we have Patreon. And our yeah. Patreon has patrons. And sometimes our patrons get to use their dark money to make us say things. And like fucking puppets. <laughs> <laughs> we are puppets. I'm a marionette to strange girls on the internet. We agreed to this. I know. Wow. Okay. What are they making you say this week? Sarah Miller, one of our witches in training, wants to send a message to her two starseed siren sisters, which is her mini baby witch coven with Allegra and Nanette. So guess what, Allegra and Nanette? This witch loves you so much, she told us all your dirty secrets, and now we go and spill them on the air. Guess what? All the beef. All the tea. No, she didn't give us any tea, which is rude. So next time, give us some tea. Mm -hmm. Sarah also just wanted all y'all to know that she and her two other star seed siren sisters have been listening for a few months and decided that they like being witchy and just want to be witchy together. And they love our podcast and our chemistry and sense of humor. <gasps> All these compliments make me want to cry. It's like probably my my deepest, greatest insecurity that maybe I'm not funny and that you're this is just some cruel joke you're playing on me to get people <laughs> to bully me on the internet. So when other people are like, no, you are funny. I'm like, oh, thank God. Or I've actually been posting on Craigslist this entire time. <laughs> so it's this huge long con to boost your confidence. Best friend status or bad bitch status? I don't know. I don't know. Do you feel like, is that a betrayal somehow? If it's for the greater good. How did Ron feel when Harry revealed to him that the power of his good sportsman likeness was not the work of a potion that he had given him but had been inside him the whole time ron was just kind of whitey though yeah he was like yeah. I don't know. anyway she says stay witchy and don't get hexed xoxo sarah thank you sarah thank you sarah thank you for being one of our great patrons and i mean for those who want to be patrons and we're just like oh my god i, I forgot how to do it patreon.com slash which yes a wink in real life wink but besides sarah and the dark magic she performed on you to have her voice come through your mouth like a scary radio creature. Yes. How are you? I am doing well. I actually have a New Orleans tarot story from my friend Lauren Voltz, who went to New Orleans last month, that oh, I wanted yeah. to share with you and the people. So Lauren's decided she's in New Orleans for like the very first time. She wants to get her tarot reading because she's never done that before. And like what better place than in New Orleans because it has such a spooky energy to it already like voodoo, hoodoo, all that good stuff. She was like, okay, I'm going to find a voodoo high priestess, you know, see if she'll do my tarot reading. This is a possible thing in New Orleans. So look online, you know, because the internet's your friend. She finds a place. She goes there. She's looking around and she can't find the door 
But she's what? never had, yeah, she's never had a tarot reading before. So she was like, maybe this is like part of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like you have to escape into the room. Yes. So she was like, huh, that's so weird. And she and her husband looked and looked and they could not find a door to get into this place. So she goes to the store that's next door, which is like a little art gallery. And she talks to the manager who's in there and she's like, hey, I want to get my tarot read next door. How do I get in there? And the manager says, oh, you're not going to get in there. And she was like, oh, okay." And she was like, oh, no, no, no. So that woman is in jail right now. (laughs) So I guess a few months ago, this woman and her husband got into like a massive argument. So the high priestess and her husband got into a massive argument like on the streets in front of the store. Hell yeah. And she pulls out a gun. Holy shit. And he was like, you wouldn't shoot me. And she did. (laughs) And I don't think it killed him. And Lauren was just like, I feel like I can never get my tarot read by anyone else except this woman who has so much street cred. And so Lauren's now holding out for the perfect high priestess with enough street cred to do her tarot reading. Okay, but here's alternate (laughs) plan. Alternate plan. She starts writing to this woman in jail (laughs) because you can do that. Yeah. And then... They create a friendship, and then she goes to the jail on visitor day. With an offering. With an offering. (laughs) Three oranges. Like, right up the vagina. Has to pop them out. Yes, yes. And then she gets her tarot read. That could work. Maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Can you, because there's that, like, oh, no, I guess you can talk to people in a tiny room. What differentiates you talking to them in the tiny room with the guards watching versus like the wall? Do you have to like murder someone? I think you do have to murder someone or be exceptionally violent. But you also still can't touch each other when you're in like the room. But you don't need someone touching you for a tarot reading. You don't. So keep that in mind, baby witches. If they touch in you, they don't need to be touching you. Mm -hmm. Unless it's palmistry. Then they might. I think usually a guard comes up and says, no, contact. Stop. Stop it. Yep. No, don't, don't poke her. Just like my mom. (laughs) I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. So that is my story check-in for the week. Isn't that funny? I thought that was so funny. I loved it. But how are you doing? Tell us what's up in Terraland. I found a plant on the street. That was my big thing. That's so exciting. (laughs) Where is it? It's right behind you on the right hanging. Yeah. It was abandoned on the street and it was in really bad shape. And now it has like five new leaves. It's beautiful. She's beautiful. What's its name? I think they're beautiful because with a lot of pathos, it's a bunch of different seedlings in one Mm. making the different arms. Okay. And then also I'm teaching an intro to printmaking course in the fall at the College of Staten Island. So if you are a student at the College of Staten Island, which is also shortened to CSI, which makes sense to me because there's so many fucking dead bodies on that island, That's um, true. then you should take my class. I love that. So we're going to... Um, you have to be like officially enrolled in the school to take your class though. Like no one can just be like... I'm just going to take this art class. No, you you have to be. It's not like a community college kind of thing where like anyone can do it. I think anyone could probably get into Staten Island College. You guys (laughs) take that out. Cut that. (laughs) You guys shoot for the stars Mm -hmm. at Staten Island College. Yes. College of Staten Island. College of Staten Island. CSI. CSI. But I'm going to have to be taking that ferry 
in November and December. Well, that's going to suck. And then I'm going to have to take that ferry home very late at night. That's also going to suck. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll be nice. You'll see the very beautiful city and stuff like that. It'll be very romantic mm-hmm. as you're like freezing. My fucking ass off yeah. waiting for this fucking ferry. <laughs> And walking to the R and then freezing my ass off from the R to my apartment. It must be kind of like when people were on the Titanic. Like it had to be cold, right? You know, I think about that every time I get on a ferry. And I don't know if it's because like you have to go by like Ellis Island and like the Statue of Liberty on the way to get there. Yeah. That I'm always like, they could have fit two people on that door, you know? (laughs) (laughs) They could have. It's a real tragedy, actually. Yeah. Rest in peace. I don't think he would have been a good husband. No, but it wasn't for the husbandry. He was a hot piece of ass. So I get you, girl. I get you. Anyway, what are we talking about today? Is it Ostara? No. It's not because we decided that we were not doing this for a while. We just talked about in bulk. How many holidays do y'all need? It gets kind of repetitive. You're like the wheel of the year and then there's the offerings and then you got to eat some weird food and then you got to do this weird thing in like a skirt of grass and then none of you are going to do it because it's hard enough at the end of the year to get your ass up to do that. You're not going to do it in February and March. No, it's too cold. It's cold. You're depressed. Maybe next year, guys. So instead we're talking about something fun called Auras. Ooh. Auras, what are these? Oh, what do you okay before we get into our stuff when you think of auras what do you think of they are the colors that define you (laughs) that's the that's the title of the document that alicia wrote (laughs) right 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 but they're like it's like a color that's Mm -hmm. like around a person Mm -hmm. or a pet Mm -hmm. and it should inform you of something yeah yeah it is you are kind of like a secret psychic spy oh just taking information so is it in the mainframe if i just squint hard enough am i just gonna start seeing the colors do you see any colors yet i'm just seeing the blur of my computer screen over your face it is very bright yeah (laughs) yeah i don't see any colors yet but but by the end of this we're all gonna be seeing colors Oh, I love that. Let's do it. Bomb diggity. Okay, so the idea behind auras is that humans, and basically all things, naturally produce an electromagnetic field. What? I know. Is this science? Get ready. Okay. We're talking bioelectromagnetics. This is a lot of science. It's the study between electromagnetic fields and biological entities. Things we know. These are the things we know. Eels, sea turtles, pigeons, and other migrating animals use the Earth's magnetic field to orient themselves and help them find their way back to mating grounds. I didn't know eels did anything. Most of the time, (laughs) eels are up to sneaky business that none of us know about. Yeah, I believe that. Low field magnetic stimulation has been studied as a potential therapy technique for a wide range of mood disorders. An issue a lot of these studies run into is one, lack of funding, and two, (laughs) when you study mood disorders, a facet of the study relies on self-reporting mood and how you report your mood is easily influenced into shit that happened in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. So like if you're doing great all week and then all of a sudden like you're getting on the bus and something triggers you because you have bipolar disorder and, and that's a normal thing that happens, then guess what? Your whole week was bad. Then you need to have a long-term study, which then, oops, you run out of funding. So, wah, wah. Anyway, it seems to help in the short term. That's we what people are finding. We need funding for science. We do. So, 
All things generate a kind of electromagnetic field. Certain animals are known to follow and respond to these fields. Your brain and the electricity that makes it do its dumb brain stuff like play that one part of defying gravity on loop forever. That stuff could allegedly be affected in the short term. How do we get from that to being able to see wild energy fields around people? Tell me. Let me tell you. Please. So there's this pervasive definition that was like, the idea is that auras are made up of electrophotonic vibrations that are generated in response to some sort of external excitation. To which I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Google, please help me. And the best I could sort out is that everything is made up of like these tiny fuzzy balls that are known as atoms. Mm -hmm. And that they're held together with bonds supported by our electromagnetic fields. Our fields extend beyond our physical form. And then... It is parts of those field that shift and can be manipulated. Okay. Okay. And that when we touch stuff, the idea is that you're not really touching things. Mm -hmm. Like your atoms are not touching things. It's the electromagnetic fields that give you the sensation that you are touching things because those fields are pushing up against each other. Woof. Right? Or else because okay. if the atoms would touch it, I don't know what happened. bad things would happen, guys. I don't know. So every time I pet Artemis, I'm not petting Artemis. No, your electromagnetic field is petting. You said no so fast. You're no. like, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You've never touched your own cat. You've never kissed Marcel. He'll be devastated. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to hate this episode. It's just that your, your fields are kissing. Okay. Phantom kisses. So that is where the science meets the woo-woo. Okay. But the idea is that it's like photonic, so it comes from light, and therefore we can see them. Some I sort see. of light representation. I see. Well, let me tell you the history of the woo-woo. Okay. Okay. This is a fun part, guys. Sit down. Relax and meet Charles Webster Leadbeater. I he put a picture. Kind eyes. <laughs> Okay, get ready. Oh, no. <laughs> Mr. Charles lived from mid-1800s to early 1900s. And you say he has kind eyes, but I think he looks like an old white dude who looks like a leader of a cult. Because he kind of was. Well, that's probably the best quality to have as a cult leader is kind <laughs> eyes. And a sort of a Santa Claus little cheeks. I don't know. Are there better qualities like respect for other empathy. people? Empathy. <laughs> Not brainwashing others. <laughs> Not engaging in sexual abuse. <sighs> yes. Okay. But continue. Continue. Charles was a former priest of the Church of England and a member of the Theosophical Society, which is this whole idea of theosophy, which believes that the purpose of human life is spiritual emancipation and that the soul will undergo reincarnation according to karma. So just karma, soul goes to something else, that thing. Okay. Right. Sim simplified. Yes. That's what it is. The concept of auras became popularized by Charles after studying theosophy in India. When he was in India, Charles believed he could use his clairvoyant powers to make scientific investigations. I don't know what clairvoyant powers. I don't know who told him he had clairvoyant powers or how he decided, but suddenly he had clairvoyant. He told quotes, himself, and therefore it became true. <laughs> exactly. Charles claimed that most men come from Mars, but more advanced men come from the moon. So he was already a bit wacky when he started this. So here we are on this journey. Baby, have you ever seen birth of a child? Have you ever had sex? What is going on? Come from the moon. They come from Mars. Okay. 
you know, but I mean, this was mid 1800s. Like, who knows? Back then, people could have been from Mars. Is it like a particular neighborhood of Mars? Does Mars have neighborhoods yet? I feel. Is like it being gentrified by probably, us? probably. cupcake <laughs> shops everywhere? <laughs> you send two rovers, and all of a sudden, there's someone trying to sell crepes. Starbucks on every corner. Empanadas. Well, I could use more empanadas. Yeah, I could Starbucks use more empanadas. Starbucks on every corner. That'd be so good. After studying in India, Charles brought ideas about karma, tantric notions of chakras, and auras back with him to the West. He didn't just bring these ideas over, though. He, like, definitely reinterpreted these ideas by mixing them with his own ideas, as every good white person does when visiting <laughs> a foreign country. Our one and only superpower. Exactly. And he definitely didn't acknowledge the work of Hindus and Buddhists when telling people these ideas. These were Charles' ideas, of course. <laughs> no, it's called a poke bowl, and you put fish on top of rice. I made it. Yeah. This is my creation. I discovered it. Also, we don't like Charles because he had a sex scandal involving adolescent boys in 1906. But here we are. Those eyes. So continuing on, the idea of auras was going around for a long time. And in 1939, Simeon Say it. Say it. It's like Davidovich. Davidovich. It's like Russian. David. I was going to try and do a Russian accent. Simeon Davidovich Kurlian discovered a new type of photography that he named after himself. Kurlian photography is. Oh, thank God. (laughs) It's the easier word. Smart. Curlian photography is done when you place an object or body part directly on photographic paper and then pass a high voltage across the object. You would create an image that has a glowing contour or an aura around the person or object you photographed. Some people believe that these images show levels of psychic powers and energies around people. In 1992, Guy Coggins created aura imaging cameras and software to capture auras. You can even go to AuraPhoto.com. And buy an Aura camera for yourself in your home. It ships from Los Angeles. Of course it does. Here we go. Hold on. She doesn't believe me. Aura. No, I want to see how I can. It doesn't say the price, though. What? I know. I was like, you going to entice me? You going to show me all this information? And then you're going to just like hit me where it hurts. Yeah, with that $500 Aura camera. Okay, never mind. I'm going to use my tax refund for something else frivolous. Uh, I do have to mention that scientists have done many studies on aura cameras and stuff like that and have not found any evidence. You know how scientists get. They do, however, think that epilepsy, migraines, and LSD may be what leads some people to see auras around certain people. But fuck science, right? Let's talk about auras. You had an aura camera session, I correct? did. Correct. With what? Mallory in Salem. And so... Do they run an electrical current through your body? No, I think it just took a... I fucking hope not, unless I passed out. (laughs) I I don't remember this. You guys were in there a long time. Were you able to watch it or no? No, because it's in a dark room. It was so long ago, I don't remember. So we go in... I think maybe my hand went in something, so I mean, maybe they did. Oh, maybe they did run a current But they only took it from, like, the chest up. The titties up. The titties up. To get the titty chakras. Yeah. They actually, in film, call that the tee shot if you want to place the camera below the titties to include them. <laughs> but it's politer to say the tee shot than get that girl's titties in this frame. <laughs> we have to sell some watches. Whoop, whoop. We have to sell some 
Do you remember those signs going to Muncie that would be like that hot girl, but she's it's for like cowboy boots? Yes. <laughs> and it'd always be like she's turned around and she's wearing these jeans and her butt looks fantastic, yes. but it's actually selling cowboy boots and you don't even see the boots in that shot. I have not thought about that in years. It's still there. Whoa. When I went back to Ball State like a month ago, that advertisement, that billboard is still up. That's so weird. Isn't that crazy? I hope their business is doing well. What else is in an aura? Bodies. Okay. My not, body? Not human bodies. Oh. But several of your your other bodies that you have that kind of cascade off of you in a similar fashion to chakras. Okay. Okay. So the auras consist of seven levels, much like your seven chakras. I know. It's like these things were based off of each other. Ooh. They're known as the auric bodies. Ooh. You don't have to say it like that. Like you're Dracula. I love it. <laughs> Sometimes when I get... Davida bitch. <laughs> Davida bitch. Sometimes when I get nervous, I become a vampire. <laughs> Just a sweaty, sweaty vampire. <laughs> I'm panicking. Okay, so your auric bodies move out from the, your center. Okay. And again, have a similar setup to the chakra. So the first layer deals with the physical, your health, your safety, thinking like that root chakra. The second is the etheric, which is all about love and self-acceptance. Next is the vital body, also known as the emotional body. And then followed by, you know, the astral body, the lower mental, the higher mental, and the spiritual, which I felt like were pretty self-explanatory so auric bodies are like onions auric bodies are like onions they have layers they have layers mm-hmm. perfect so all this shit comes together to make a sweet little egg that you live in and that's your aura it's like an egg oh i know lots of quality egg content the past two episodes I love eggs this is great also before i forget someone on instagram messaged me about how like their family has used eggs as like a way to get rid of curses get rid of curses and then I saw it in the middle of the night when I was really drunk and I was like I'm definitely gonna respond to this later this sounds interesting and then I was it was gone by the time I got to it in the morning <laughs> so if that's you and you're listening to this hit me up again because I'd love to feature you on the Instagram anyway going back to these cool fucking colors yes that we've talked about auras exist in a bunch of different intermingling colors some people will have one dominant color while others may be a mix of several Other people's auras can leach onto you if you're like exceptionally empathic or someone's energy is really overpowering. Your aura can also change from moment to moment because it's connected to your emotions, your health, and your environment. So like traumas that you go through or if you are really hungry maybe, you get the hungry aura. I don't know what color that would be. Sorry, guys. All the time. (laughs) It's just very red but inside my tummy. (laughs) It looks like a pizza. It's shaped like a pizza and has little pepperonis on it. But they do come in cool colors. So these are the colors. And this is going to be a list. So if you love lists, I, I'm glad that you're We're here. here. We're here for it. I find them sometimes very meditative. Mm-hmm. So red. People tend to go right to the concept of anger when they see a red aura. But red usually accompanies a very strong person, not just physically, but also emotionally. This person is generally passionate. They can get competitive. I'm thinking like that strong Aries, but also kind of like that strong Scorpio energy. Okay. Plus, there's different kinds of red. And this is when things got a little cuckoo crazy for me, okay? So there's like this blush color, and that usually indicates that someone is newly in love. So it's like that butterfly How many shades of color can you see with auras? Get right. There's a bright red. Okay. When you're working on that project that you really freaking care about, or you're talking about your favorite subject, that passion, that energy, that's that bright red. Mm. Yeah. Dark red, one would assume that like dark colors are negative. But dark red is associated with grounded earth energy, like real legit root chakra energy. 
that connects you to the earth, people working on grounding themselves and bettering themselves will emanate a dark red warmth. Now, clouded red and generally like clouded auras is when you get to the point where you're like thinking about negative aspects. So is clouded like if it were a color, but it looks like someone took a bit of an eraser to it? Is that what clouded looks like? I don't know. I assumed that clouded meant either like muddied, mm-hmm. not just rich, dark, like a dark burgundy or something, but like not as pure red, like maybe a brown red or something okay. like that. Like something that's like red mixed with maybe a couple other colors where you're like, that's red, but it's not right. Mm. I don't know how to describe it. An offbeat red, a yeah. red that's been messed with. Yeah, like a red, like when you're trying to mix, I don't know any artists that are listening to, but like when you mix colors together and they just start to look Turn brown. <laughs> dirty. Yeah, yeah. So that energy is going to be where you're getting anger and frustration. And you want to pay attention to like where those things are happening on your body because like red in the face and then red in the heart and red in the tummy are all going to mean different things. Then there's orange. orange. We're going in the rainbow order, you guys. <gasps> Roy G. Biv. That's right. He's here. It's Roy. He comes in. He's wearing Roy. a rainbow tie and he's going to tell you colors. I love it. It's indigo and violet, not just blue and purple. Okay. <laughs> so orange takes that power and intensity of red and combines it with the optimism and fun-loving energy of yellow. And translates that into pure energy. Ooh. The orange aura translates to courage and adventure, but it can also mean anxiety, like you have too much energy built up and nowhere to put it, which makes sense that orange auras can indicate a proneness to addiction. Orange sounds like Adderall. Yeah. Straight up. Well, I, it's like fucking uh, high C or like... High C! Orange drink. What? What's the... With the grill? Orange no, soda. No, the chim- chimpanzee? Tang. Tang. <laughs> Gross. I loved it. I'm sorry. I never liked I can't. it. I didn't like the orange. I can't lie to you anymore. So bright orange, that energy, you're doing great. Lots of energy. You're going to do great things. Orangey red is like, oof, charisma. Oof, confidence. Mm-hmm, but like, mm-hmm. it, it's not just a seated confidence. It's like a confidence that like it emanates exudes. from you. It fills Ooh. rooms. Orangey yellow is meticulous and precise. It's an energy that's been funneled into like a sieve. And then pointed like a needle or a laser at something. Okay. Okay. I saw, I read somewhere, I don't know how true this is, but I thought it was funny that they were like, scientists tend to have like an orangey yellow energy to them because like they need that precision and focus to like spend all that time on one singular subject. Now, cloudy orange, I'm talking like maybe like a dirty pee-pee orange, like maybe you haven't been drinking enough water. That means an imbalance of energy and can indicate someone who, again, is having issues with extremes and addictions. And that doesn't mean substances always. You can have an addictive personality that translates anywhere, whether that's internet or your phone or the gym. Cats. Cats. Lots of cats. Then there's yellow. Yellow. Love yellow. Yellow like the big, beautiful sun. Yellow like the petals of a sunflower. Yellow like the first day of spring. Yellow is joy. It is freedom. It is sharing that joy and freedom with others. This makes me so happy. I can't wait for the first day of spring. It's coming. It's coming. Yellow auras produce a lot of creative energy and folks elevating themselves within their spiritual practice. You'd think that brighter was better. But many sources say that a super bright yellow aura can indicate someone who's having trouble hanging on or having a fear of losing control. So like maybe you are just zooming so fast 
Like maybe you've taken too much Adderall and now you texted all your friends and your dad to tell them you love them and you're just off the side of the balcony. I just did this to finish a paper. No. And that dark or muddied yellow can indicate someone getting too bogged down in the details. There may be some pressure to achieve and they're feeling the weight of all of that pressure. So it sounds like you want some of that light sparkling yellow that indicates optimism and spiritual lightness. I'm thinking like halo-y color or like yellowy glittery. Ooh. Something that's like pale but also opulent. I love this. Okay. This sounds so much fun. Now I'm tired of talking. So we're going to talk about green. Okay. Okay. Green like grass and the coming of spring. Spring again. We love this. We We love this. Can you tell that we're excited? We're so excited. (laughs) People with green auras are supposed to be more connected to nature and want to focus on helping others. Green is found in the aura of healers, teachers, and people who work for the public good. Green here represents the heart. Oh, okay. Yes. Not leprechaun. Not leprechaun. Definitely goodness. not. Light green aura means love, healing, and innocence. Forest green means that you're a natural healer. That makes sense. It's a forest color, I guess. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yellow green means you're a great communicator that could be actor, writer, musician, salesperson, podcast host. <laughs> you just fucking excel at talking, dude. Congrats. You're welcome. Dark green or a cloudy green aura means you are a very jealous person and full of resentment. Oh, God. What's my what's my aura? You refuse to accept responsibility for your actions. Like, dude, you got to get it together. Get it together. Turquoise aura or greenish blue aura is the next level color of a healer. Like you like super leveled healer. up. Super healer. You're not just a chancy. Exactly. You're a... What's the next one that comes I don't know. That? Did Does it evolve? Yeah, I got an evolution in the fourth. Oh, that's beyond me. Hapini? Nope, that's not right. Continue. <laughs> I'm trying really hard to add to this conversation. I know, I, know, I don't know. <laughs> You're a blastoise. <laughs> You're a blastoise. The best kind of healer is a death dealer. With uh, with the sunglasses. A blastoise with the sunglasses. Perfect. Next level. You help others discover their inner truths. This is usually found in doctors, holistic healers, and counselors. Nice. Yeah. So, Roy G. Blue. Biv. Blue. Blue is the color of intuitive, helpful people. You're able to remain calm during a crisis and other people lean on you for support. A royal blue aura means you're a highly developed spiritual, intuitive, or clairvoyant. Spooky. That means you you are woo-woo. You are very generous and have a giving spirit, and you are open to new possibilities. Very good. Very important. Dark blue or cloudy blue aura means that you don't trust the future and can't face the truth due to your desire for control. Whoops. Oh, sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Light blue or sky blue means you're truthful and serene. You excel in all fields of communication. Just seems to me that like once they get dirty, mm-hmm. it's because like you're trapped in some sort of ego situation where you're living through your ego. Yeah. But that like you can clean them up and that you do have like a natural proneness to a kind of color and strength purple roy g pp pp purple is the most sensitive and wisest of colors it is also my favorite color boom boom i of course you and this is written in purple it's written in purple you're the royalty of the aura color wheel violet auras are visionaries at the highest level these are the people who can daydream and change the world with spiritual love Probably a Marianne Williamson color. If I mm-hmm. were to guess, if I were to guess her aura, I'd want to say it was violet. But like post all the issues with autism. 
yeah, yeah. Once yeah, she yeah, got yeah. over that and got better about that, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as character growth happens, yeah, that's when you get violent. Like any good person, any good woo woo person. Indigo auras. Here we go. We made it. Or Roy G. Bapiv. Bapiv. Bapivi. Indigo auras are people who get to glimpse into other worlds. You are intuitive, sensitive, and a deep thinker. Very cool. Nice. G. Biv. Oh, I guess I switched them. Indigo and violet. Oh, well. We were so close, you guys. There's more colors there after more this. Colors. How are we going to add them to our rainbow? I don't know. Roy G. Silver and gold. All right, silver and gold auras are very, very positive. This is a very good thing if you have a silver or gold aura. Silver auras are the color of abundance. If it is shiny and bright, this means that you have great physical and spiritual wealth. However, a dark or muddy silver could mean that fear is accumulating in your body and that there is a potential for health problems, especially if certain amounts of gray are clustered around a specific body part. Yikes. Gold auras mean you have angels and other divine entities protecting you. Damn it. I know. That one sounds awesome. That's the one I want now. You're being mentored and guided to reach beyond yourself at any given point because you have these angels telling you what to do and like watching you masturbate. As I know. They're here now. She gestures. (laughs) They're all standing on Tara's bed. Just listening. We listened to the sex episode. I know. They did. Three stars. Three stars. You want an iTunes review? <laughs> a black aura? Black is bad in this case. I know. Black never gets a good rep. Yeah, I have uh, extensive thoughts about this. It's very upsetting. But it says black sucks energy like a black hole and it captures and consumes all light. Like, okay, I get it. Black auras usually mean resentment towards others. If it's collected at a certain area of the body, it could indicate health problems. Black could be a reflection of the pain caused from your past life and how that pain is affecting you now. Mm-hmm. Which that's kind of crazy to think about. Like the trauma you carry from past lives. Oh, yeah. Sounds like its whole its own whole fucking episode. Mm-hmm. I think we should also do a Vault of the Obscure talking about like the relationship between black and white magic and the ideas of racism that come out of like Eurocentric woo-woo culture. That sounds like that might be more than a Vault of the Obscure episode. A a mini-series. A mini-series. Its own mini-series. Woo-woo and racism. Ooh, that could be fun, though. White auras reflect other energy and is like a pure state of light, you know, because it's racist. (laughs) Oh, it's all the colors together. All the colors. It often represents a not-yet-distinguished energy in the aura. So it's purity and truth, and it's kind of like you're too young to have your color yet. Apparently, if you see white sparkles or flashes of white light in your aura reading, that means angels are nearby. Oh. Which I think is kind of cool. I like that. The lady at the aura place told me that she thought my aura might be white. That you just don't have one? Yeah. And I was like, I fucking hate you. You're innocent and pure and And just empty. And you just don't have a color. Yeah. You don't get to have a color. You're just bland. You're just a bland little. Little cracker girl. You don't have to say it. <laughs> we all know it's true. But so what mad. is soup without crackers? So you're very essential. I'm an oyster cracker. I'm an oyster cracker. Never enough of me. <laughs> They're so delicious. All right. So how do you see these auras? That's a great question because squinting did not work. It didn't work. No. Other things that don't work. Just like trying real hard. Binoculars don't work. Nope. No. Um, Microscopes? Nope. Nope. And we're still not sure about the camera thing. No. So 
Auras are easier to see through your peripheral vision. Just like. Apparently. In the world? Yeah. So like when you're. Like an antelope? Like it's easier to see them and distinguish them because like outside of your focal point vision. Mm-hmm. Because like you're taking in all of this information that is. What's the word I'm looking for? Analytical. Mm-hmm. And that like as you move out of your peripheries, something about it like tricks your brain into not needing to focus on the fine edges. So it opens itself to the spiritual. Okay. And then apparently you can train your peripheries. There's like a bunch of things you can do online. So just so your like eyes are cross-eyed at all times? That like you would be able to, I have tunnel vision, so it's really hard for me to see stuff. (laughs) But like that you would be able to even read stuff out of your peripheries. Oh. Which I thought was wild. That is cool. So the idea is that you can take time every day, either during your train commute or during your lunch, and rest your eyes at a middle distance from you straight ahead and then take a couple deep breaths to center yourself and then take note of what objects you're directly looking at what color they are and then slowly move out from your direct line of sight and you're just like noting that's a plant it's green and the terracotta pot is that terracotta color and then I'm moving slowly to my right there's a white wall and then training yourself to be able to say okay at the corner of my vision is I can't see I'm looking. It's uh, my bed. (laughs) What's over there? Do this in 30 to 60 second sessions because you don't want to strain your eyes. And I would say just do it once or twice a day. Okay. Just like maybe lunch and dinner. Don't do it while you're driving. So when am I? Because that sounds fun. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't sound like colors appear yet. No. So what you're just doing is training your peripheries to Mm -hmm. pick up things. And then the idea is that since auras are easier to see out of your peripheries, that then you will have the ability to notice them. With a focus on thinking about colors. So you got to work for it, though. Yeah. And it's, it's more like training a muscle of some kind so that you can lift the big box or the big train off of your lever that's been tied on the train tracks. Not lift your lover off the train tracks. Lift the whole train. The whole train because she's under the train. Anyway, (laughs) so then you can practice on your friends Uh that you trust who won't make fun of you. Who won't make fun of you or will make fun of you politely behind your back. Yeah, which is the nice thing to do. It is. One source said that if you're shy, you can practice on plants. And the best thing was is that they won't tell you if you're wrong. That's so sweet. Isn't that so cute? (laughs) My plants lie to me to save my face, my feelings. Um. When you're ready to move on to people, ask them to stand about three feet in front of you against a neutral wall. Mm -hmm. Again, you're going to soften your vision and stare basically like through your friend. Like you're not focusing on them. You're not saying like Alicia's there. She's got a mic in front of her and she's sitting on a white chair in front of my beautiful bookcase. Like you're just like staring through her. Not You're thinking about her. Not that I say I want you to objectify your friend, but like objectify think, me. Thinking, <laughs> I'm naughty. <laughs> I'm a naughty girl. Hachi machi. And then remember to keep breathing. Okay, just like you're just like taking in information. Like you're not trying to process anything. You're just taking in information, like a spy. And the idea is that their aura is going to reveal itself to you by expanding beyond your direct line of sight into that peripheral vision that you've been working so hard upon. Mm-hmm. And then. And then they said, I didn't write this in the notes, that you can ask your friend to like wiggle around after a little while. And the idea is that like with the after image of you staring, like you might find an easier way of seeing their aura, that their aura will move like like an after image after them. Does that make sense? So like you're moving to the right and then it takes their aura like a second. Like 
uh, with pictures. Yeah. How you get the mm-hmm. the wiggle. Yep. The wiggle. That's the technical that's term. That's the technical term. And then I'm a Sundance producer. You are a Sundance The wiggle. Produ- <laughs> <laughs> Making nice. the big bucks now, guys. And just continue to be interested, be inquisitive, be curious about how others affect how you feel, the way your energy affects their environments and vice versa. Curiosity and intention are the most important steps to the development of any practice. So auras, I've heard them described to be kind of like vibes. Like if you're an empath, if you're a very empathetic person, like you can tell how people are feeling, Mm -hmm. you can sense their energy. That's a way that an aura is affecting you. And so then you're just working on being curious about what that energy looks like that's so cool yeah i love that i love you and if you walk into a shop and it has an aura imaging camera should you just do it i don't know i think it's fun I how much was it like 25 dollars oh, like 25 yeah. yeah it was enough that i was like should i do it but not enough where i was like i shouldn't do it yeah and i was like yeah i'll do it i'll do it and i think mine what do we say it was green and blue, blue with oh with, with the orange on my throat and that meant that you had, you were like an excellent communicator. Right? Yes. The orange on the throat did. I'm so about it. This is cool. And colors are awesome. And I like that it's not just like your favorite color. And I like that it changes. Yeah. I was hoping more for like ener- like aura manipulation to like, um, similar to Sarah, use other people as voice boxes and control them and make oh. them do stuff. But there was none of that. So there's no like access to other people's auras and then manipulating them from it? I think you can just feel them. Mm. That sounds powerful. Yeah, I think it, I mean, you could tell when people are angry. Maybe you could tell when people are lying. That was one thing I saw. That, That's like, pretty cool. Lying people have a different aura. People are trying to hide stuff. Nervous people. I guess like if you were a, uh, like a homicide detective of some kind and trying to like. Part of the CSI. Part of the CSI. The College of Staten Island. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, moving on to two, which is in the news. Here they are. They're coming in on their giant birds landing. What news have you? Oh, let me tell you. Dropping off the news and flying away. Yeah, they they don't even stop anywhere. They just throw it. They throw the news to your porch. All right, which is in the news? First up, we have advocacy for alleged witches calls out Zimbabwe, the whole country. They call out the whole country. (laughs) Which were about advocacy for alleged witches. We heard about them last time. They sound awesome. So our dude, Leo Igwe, founder of Advocacy for Alleged Witches, is actually trying to make a change, which is great. Several articles came out in the past week or so of how Leo is urging the government of Zimbabwe to take action to stop the killing of innocent people accused of witchcraft. His advocacy comes after a gruesome killing that happened in Zimbabwe this past February. According to the Zimbabwean Chronicle, the man's son bludgeoned his father to death after accusing him of witchcraft. The two men got into an argument about paying utility bills, and the son consulted with local prophets who convinced him that his father had put a spell on him. These prophets said that the father must be responsible for the son's sickness and miserable life situation. The son crushed his father's head with a huge boulder, killing the father instantly. (laughs) What the fuck? It's, yeah. I don't, we live in New York. I don't even know where to find a rock. A boulder? Yeah, I don't know. Leo is calling for the Zimbabwe government to take urgent steps to educate those prophets, pastors, priests, etc. who validate the witchcraft persecution. 
He wants Zimbabwe to join his cry of creating an Africa free of witch hunting by 2030. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Get it done. Which is good because, I mean, I feel like we were hearing so many articles about like, this thing happened, this thing happened, this thing happened. And now at least we're hearing, hey, this thing happened. We should make it stop. Like, we're hearing the next level of action. And I'm like, so happy about that. Fuck yeah. After a year of podcast, which is horrible stories. Up next, the exact opposite of our last story. Literally the exact opposite. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Nick's Collaboration. The makeup company? The makeup company. You forgot her birthday, your anniversary, Valentine's Day, Ostara. You forgot Ostara? Guess what? You can win her heart back by getting her makeup. Right? Maybe? Just give her money to buy her own makeup. Yeah, just give her money. However, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch has a new collaboration with NYX Cosmetics. Yo, we are up to date on all things witchy. I don't care how big or how small they are. So bear with me here. We've got 30 eyeshadows that are housed in a grimoire-esque book. And we've got three different lip creams with fun names like Half Witch, Fright Club, and Weird Sisters. So we're keeping it cute. We're keeping it good. It's cute, fun, and even Chilling Adventures of Sabrina head makeup artist is behind the collaboration. When she was talking about the collection, Candace Stafford-Bridge said, The show is all about giving fans a look into this world that we created, and this collection opens a door into that world. NYX is encouraging fans to experiment and create their own spells by mixing and matching shades. What a great quote! <laughs> like, really, the marketing person who, like, prepped her? So good. So, so good. The Sabrina Nix collection is available as supplies last, so grab yours online or check it out on their website to go to a store near you and pick it up. And at least it's not that Sephora kit, yo. Yeah. The Sephora witch kit. They're not trying to sell us white sage. Like, they're actually going about a witchy collaboration in probably the best way you can. Exciting. And our last article for today is suspected witch bottle found in Virginia. Ooh, I remember these. Ooh, I know they're fun. So we had another Witches in the News segment earlier this year, I'm pretty sure, talking about a witch bottle that was found in a chimney in the UK. And now we may have possibly found one in the US. This witch bottle came in a very pretty blue glass bottle, and it was filled with rusty nails. For pricking and poking and stabbing and Get rid of witches. Get rid of witches. Get out of here. Archaeologists actually discovered this bottle back in 2016, but it's only in the past few months that they believe it could have been a witch's bottle. Probably because of that other article. Probably. They were like, oh. Oh, this is what this This makes was. sense. One of the clear indicators that it's a witch's bottle would be if it had urine or blood in it. However, the top of this bottle was already broken upon discovery, so any liquid would have seeped out or evaporated by now. That's why it is suspected witch bottle and not confirmed witch bottle. Mm -hmm. They do, however, believe that the bottle is from the Civil War. That's a little more recent. That is a little more recent. The bottle was found by a hearth in what used to be a Civil War fort on the Union side. Archaeologists believe that the bottle's placement near a hearth would be so that the fireplace heats the nails, which would then help trap and hold the evil spirits. It seems far-fetched, but like, like we're reaching. It makes sense. But it makes sense. But it still feels like we're reaching a little bit. Mm -hmm. Or else they're just like, well, we found these old fucking nails and we don't know what to do with them. Why are they in a jar? Joe Jones, the director of the William and Mary Center for Archaeological Research, was quoted saying, Witch bottles are the type of things people would use more generally in famine, political strife, or feeling under threat. 
the Union troops were definitely under all those kinds of existential threats or fears, which is why they might have a witch's bottle around. Mm -hmm. About 200 witch bottles have been found in Great Britain so far, but fewer than a dozen, fewer than 12, are known in the U.S. Archaeologists may never be able to verify if this bottle is actually a witch's bottle, but it's fun to think it is. That's really interesting. I want to know, because I had never heard anything like that. I wonder how recent. I would almost think like 1920s, like 30s. Yeah. When like, like woo-woo was still really big back then. And then it kind of died off after the Second World War. Yeah. Or they were like, nothing means anything. But this could be like some pilgrim kind of mm-hmm. antics, you know? Pilgrim antics? Pilgrim antics. Pilgrim shenanigans. <laughs> they were up to so much. Pioneer goofs. <laughs> we can't trust them. Gold Rush pranks. I'm, you're just you're really good at this. Like you can keep going. Like write a whole to. book full of them. We have to end this. We have to end this. We have to end this. And that was today's witches in the news. Thank you for joining us. Do 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 do. Nickelodeon. <laughs> and you've been listening to, and then I have my big wand Disney Channel. Oh, that'd be so cute. Witch, yes. When we get I our think YouTube that's copyright, show, though, I think Disney would sue us in a second if we tried to do that. Moving on to our final segment, the spell. I'm excited. Which is something I made myself. <gasps> Amazing. This is a witch ass. I don't have to give you links. No. But I will because it will be helpful. Yeah. Thank you. So this is uh, an offering for a tree for Astara. Excellent. The whole holiday we're not talking about. We're not talking about it, but I figured you want something, you know, just in case. So it's just like a, a spring, a welcoming of spring. Yeah. Thing. It's a spring holiday. Okay. You guys. <laughs> it's like basically Easter. Catch up. It's got eggs. Anyway. Oh, okay. So what you're going to need. Number one, some water. And it's better if it's moon water, but I think tap water is fine. Got it. Two, I want you to Google native plant finder. I like nwf.org, which stands for the National Wildlife Federation. You can throw in your zip code. Or if you're like a dark web witch, maybe you a couple zip codes over <laughs> and find some indigenous plants. There's also herbsociety.org, which produces some great PDFs that say whether or not an herb is edible or medicinal. And it's a real treat. So take some time and pick out a couple things you're going to add to your offering. I wouldn't do any more than three. Okay. And nothing too big. So for New York State, I chose a raspberry, wild ginger, and a couple pieces of this prairie grass called Big Blue Stem that I found on my walk to work. Okay. Um, A nice nickel or penny. Make sure it's shiny. Pink, green, or purple string. If you can find string that doesn't have any plastic in it, like that's the ticket. And then a tree that hopefully you see a lot or that you admire that you have on your property. Because you're leaving things there. Yeah. Hopefully it's your tree. First thing you gotta do, get your ass to the tree. Say hi to the tree. Hello. I know it's embarrassing. Take your organic ingredients, tie them together with the string, and tie it enough times that it feels secure, but that the offering is still visible. And yo, you gotta like thank this tree, okay? How many things do I need to talk to just to be a witch? It's People like, wanted I'm you to talk to, to the all aura. The People were like, say hi to the aura, thank the aura, pay your respects to the aura. I was it, like, the aura's like a ghost. It's just going wherever I go. <laughs> it's a rainbow ghost. <laughs> like, so things you can thank trees for, being a nice home for a bird that you like. Okay. You can thank it for being the source of a lot of shade in the summer. Or you can thank it for smelling wonderful in the springtime when it's blooming. Okay. You're going to place your shit at the base of the tree. I'm um, That little offering that you tied up. You're going to take your coin in your right hand, place it on top of the offering so that it balances nice and flat. Both coin? Oh, no. One coin. Just a single coin. Single coin. 
I gave you a couple options, but I was like, don't put a quarter. You could use that for some yeah, candy. Okay. okay. Now you're going to take out your hydro flask of moon water. Excellent. You're going to pour it in a circle all the way around the base of the tree in a clockwise motion. So you need enough water. Yeah. This is not, you need some water. I guess it depends on how big your tree is too. Yeah. If it's a little tree, maybe not as much. Okay. Okay. If you're going to the redwood forest, those trees don't need your help. No, they fine. They fine. <laughs> so you're going to pour it in a circle all the way around the base of the tree in a clockwise motion. Make the circle wide enough that your offering is within the circle. Once you're back to where you started, take three deep breaths with long, lingering exhales. And you're a good witch. And you're a good person. And welcome to spring in the Northern Hemisphere. I love it. Also. Also. Here's some rules. Footnotes. You cannot pour milk onto trees. A lot of people tell you to pour milk on trees. Don't do it. Why would you it. pour milk on a tree? Because it's like an offering. And it makes fungal rot happen on trees. If you're going to pour it somewhere, do it in the soil around the tree. But do not pour it on the tree. What about like coconut milk? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We don't know. So don't do it. Just in case. Just in case. Don't leave offerings on plastic trays. Because that's trash. People will pick it up. People, they will throw it away. Or birds or animals. Will get their heads we'll, caught in it. Yeah. Okay. A little raccoon that. wearing a little container like a cone. Like a lady a Burning Man. <laughs> but not in a happy way. So don't hammer coins into living trees. This is a really common practice, especially in the UK, is to like take coins and like hammer them into cracks within trees. And that kills the trees. So if you want to do that, if that's a part of your practice and a part of your heritage, you want to put that in a dead tree, already dead. And then there's probably plenty of cracks in there already. So you don't have to work as hard. And that's it. Good. We're doing something good for nature. We're doing something good benefiting nature, benefiting ourselves, oxygen. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Ostara. Mm-hmm. You get to celebrate Ostara without us telling you what it is. I did this same thing last year. But I did it for a mulberry bush out back of the production studio I work at. And then I got taken over by woolly worms. Was that your fault? I'm worried it was my fault. Was it milk? No, it was oranges and rosemary with pink string. Well, I guess they were happy, the woolly worms. Woolly worms are cute, though, you know. Yeah, they were cute, but they were also terrifying because they would, like, crawl into the studio and then they would crawl up the... Um, wall and they would crawl into the ceiling and i don't know if they would just get tired but they would fall oh my god and they would make such a horrible like sound as they fell but they would fall onto you (gasps) and then you would just find woolly worms like crawling and they'd scare the shit out of you and you'd knock them and then if you knock them too hard like they'd smear green all over you it was very traumatic anyway if they want to find you on instagram where do they go (laughs) i don't even know what to say to that you can find me on instagram at alicia period herder because that's your name that's my name and where can we find you me you can find me on her lovely face that's my art instagram and then you can also find me on underscore little moss that's for my selfies that's where all the good shit is well both of them's good shit yeah but the real the good the gritty she is mm-hmm. on the close friends uh-huh you just you gotta work your way up into that yeah, yeah yeah we would like to thank marcel perez our producer mallory porter our creative director and Kevin McLeod for the music. He did that. He did that. We are nothing without Kevin McLeod. You guys, um, we're in pretty big need of some iTunes reviews right now. It really doesn't matter what you say. You can say, I've been cursed by a dark witch. You can say, um, Amber is the color of my aura. 
Ha 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 ha. Um, <laughs> hopefully you say that we also deserve five stars. So we don't advertise. We're not with the network. Um, we don't have sponsors. We're not trying to murder woolly worms. We're not trying. It just happens. It just happens. So people truly cannot find us without your help. We're on Instagram at which yes. If you're listening to us on your device, screen grab it and send it to us. We'll feature you on our Instagram stories and you'll make friends. Email us at witchyespodcast at gmail.com. Send us pictures of you doing the spell or pictures of your altar. Um, send me a picture of the first green thing, like new green thing that you see for spring or your first crocus or daffodil. Because I love that. I saw my first green today. It was on a tree that was over near the Carol G stop. Oh, that's awesome. And so tiny. Or send us pictures of if you have the money to drop on the Aura camera. Oh, yeah. Send us your Aura pictures. That'd be awesome. You can find us on Patreon at Witch Yes. Patrons are getting an extra episode from Vaults of the Obscure once a month at the $5 level. If we reach $250, which is just 50 listeners, we'll start releasing Vaults of the Obscure twice a month, which will make this a weekly podcast. Phenomenal. And that's it. And this has been Witch Yes. Witch, yes.